Welcome to Episode 9 of FountainCast, a bi-weekly podcast brought to you by the Fountain Hills Chamber of Commerce, striving to be your one-stop fountain of information regarding local business news and community happenings. I'm your host, Paige Lawrenson. Hello, Fountain Hills, once again, welcome to episode nine of FountainCast. Thank you to each and every one of you for deciding to stop by and check out today's episode, or even just catch up on some of our older episodes as well for anyone that is new to FountainCast. For today's episode, I got to sit down and talk about talking with Tom Lindsay. Tom is a well-known public speaking expert and a Fountain Hills resident who is going to tell us more about why effective communication skills are so important for your business and how our local Toastmasters group can help you hone those skills. Let's jump right in. All right, I am excited for today's episode of FountainCast as I am sitting down with Tom Lindsay of the Fountain Hills Toastmasters. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me, Paige. I'm excited to be sharing information about Fountain Hills Toastmasters Club. All right. Well, thank you for being here. I'm super excited to learn more myself. So I've gotten into the routine of first sitting down with whoever my guest is for today and asking them kind of the who, what, where of who they are as a person. So will you just tell us a little about yourself and what your history is here in Fountain Hills? Sure. We just celebrated our 14th year over Memorial Weekend of residing in Fountain Hills. Uh, My wife and I are both retired educators. We both put in more than 40 years as public school educators. I was a teacher for 20 years in K-8, and then I was an assistant principal, a principal, a director, an assistant superintendent, and I retired as a superintendent of schools. We have two sons. One lives in Austin, Texas, and he's an attorney, and the other one lives in Phoenix, and he is an assistant principal at a school district. So we have a lot of education background in our family. Well, that seems to kind of tie into what we're going to be talking today, because Toastmasters is an organization that is educational for public speaking, correct? Absolutely. Uh, Toastmasters has two main areas of focus to help people improve their communication skills and to also help them improve their leadership skills because to be a good leader you have to be a good communicator. Of course, yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. You know, sometimes people just think talking is just chatting it up, but it can be a lot more than that. So I wanted to invite you on today's episode to talk about Toastmasters or an organization that you kind of spearhead in town, and mostly because it can benefit not only business people, but also those just looking to brush up on a personal skill. Uh, can you tell us more just about Toastmasters in general? Sure. Toastmasters started in 1924 by Dr. Ralph Smedley at a YMCA in Santa Ana, California. And from that one club, it has grown today to approximately 357,000 members in 143 countries and over 16,000 clubs across the world. It's truly an international organization. And just in the state of Arizona, there are approximately 218 Toastmaster clubs. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know 
kind of how, how big the scope was of Toastmasters. I mean, the first time I ever heard about the group was when I was at school up at NAU. They had um, they used one of our classrooms as a, a location, and I just thought it was, you know, people that, oh, do they get up and just toast each other? Like, oh, hurrah for that, or I just had no idea. So uh, what, what do you guys do in the, in the group? Well, what you just stated was a very is a very common misperception about you just get up and toast. <laughs> yeah, of course. Every Toastmaster meeting is very structured and it works around three different types of speaking opportunities. Uh, the main speaking opportunity are prepared speeches. Toastmasters has an education program called Pathways. And in Pathways, there are 11 different paths. And this is a new program that's only in its second year. It's the first time in many decades that they updated the education program. So it was more 21st century and more individualized. And it's on the computer. And the path Unlike the previous education program where everybody pretty much in the first 10 speeches had the same objectives, the 11 paths, you take an assessment online and it recommends one of the 11 paths and you can choose that or another one depending upon what your Toastmaster individual goals are. Uh, some of the paths are dynamic leadership, effective coaching, innovative planning, leadership development, persuasive influence, presentation mastery, team collaboration, visionary communication. So you can see, regardless of what type of business or career or profession that you're in, there's a path that can help you hone and fine-tune the communication and leadership, don't forget the leadership part, skills. And in each of those 11 paths, there's five core competencies. Uh, level one is public speaking. Level two is interpersonal communication. Level three, strategic leadership. Number Level four, management. And level five, confidence. So you can see there again, there's a combination of communication objectives and leadership objectives. And each of those levels has anywhere from three to five different types of speeches to help the individual improve their communication. Now the best part of Toastmasters is when you give those speeches, and this is the second type of speaking opportunity, you have an oral evaluator who gives you feedback of what things that you did well and what things you can do to improve in the future. And then every member who's present at the meeting gives you a written feedback evaluation. So every time you speak, you get that opportunity to reflect, what can I continue doing to be a commu good communicator? and what can I do to improve? Yeah, of course, wow. Thank you for kind of taking that dive in and going through the different levels. I mean, I had no idea that it went that deep and that it truly does, you know, go into more than just getting up and telling a speech about something. Right. Yeah. And then there's the third type of speaking opportunity every meeting. This is the one that people either really love 
or they're frightened to death, and it's called table topics. And that's where you have the opportunity to practice your impromptu speaking. Oh, no. So every <laughs> week there's a table topics person who picks a theme, like tonight's theme is leadership styles, and then they call on people to come up and they pop a question and you have one to two and a half minutes to respond on the spot. And in reality, that's the type of speaking that we do the most and the type that people fear the most and need the most practice at. Yeah, I can see that. You know, you can always prepare something, but when you're faced with standing up and just kind of going off the cuff, that's what really gets people nervous. Exactly. So kind of what you're describing, I, I feel like it's really great. But I feel like maybe someone would be really nervous to go in and to a room where someone's getting or critiquing your style of speaking or, you know, writing down notes about your speech or what you're you're doing with your hands or your posture or something. How do you think do you do you think that Toastmasters is a safe space for people to hone their craft of speaking? Perfect question. In my 40 years of being an educator, I belong to a multitude of alphabet soup organizations and went to different trainings, and there is nothing that better prepared me for being a good communicator, and there is no organization that I ever belonged to that was more positive, more supportive, and felt more safe than a Toastmaster meeting. The whole purpose is to be cheerleaders, to be coaches, to be encouragers, and so 50 to 75 percent of the people when they first join are just exactly what you just described. They're quite hesitant, they're quite concerned, yet within two or three meetings they start to feel a little more comfortable, and once they start to feel a little more comfortable, they become a little more confident. So we bring the new members, especially the more shy, less confident members, along slowly. Okay, that could be good. You know, we'll dip the toe in, check it out first, but I'm really glad to hear that it seems to be a really great community of people who aren't necessarily judging you how you're talking or, you know, I know that you do count your ums or your likes, but, you know, it's more of a friend helping a friend, correct? Well, the purpose, and you're right, besides talking, there are different functionaries like a grammarian and the R um counter who keep track of good uses of language and maybe some improper uses of language to bring to our attention as speakers and also keep track of how many ums and ahs and sos and ands. But the major purpose is to help make you aware and we've got several members who when they first started they just went off the chart with the number of ums and ahs, and one of those members in particular that I'm thinking of, he has, the last two times he's done table topics, won best table topics and only had one or two ums or ahs at most, all because of becoming aware and focusing in on trying to improve that. So again, it's a extremely safe, positive, supportive, encouraging environment. Sounds like it. Well, I know 
it's kind of funny you bring that up about just being aware of how you're talking. Ever since I've started this podcast, this will be, I believe, episode nine, I, I edit them myself, and so I go back and I hear myself talking to someone. In my first episode, I couldn't believe how many times I said, um, like, or even, you know. I, I say that a lot even now, but thank goodness I could edit it out because I was like, do I really sound like this? You just really don't notice it until you hear yourself back. In everyday communication, you don't always recognize how you talk. And I was shocked just listening to me edit, editing the podcast, like, oh, goodness, I should really go to Toastmasters. So. And we would love to have you come to Toastmasters. <laughs> but you're really correct. Once you become aware, you start hearing it everywhere. You watch the news. You go to a meeting. You are going to a seminar. And all of a sudden, you get one of the presenters who is umming and ahhing, and you start keeping track like you do at a <laughs> regular meeting. So awareness is the first up and correcting and improving in anything. Yeah, of course. So I'm just thinking about myself after hearing myself back. Maybe I should join. But for you, what was your inspiration to get involved in Toastmasters? My Toastmasters journey is Toastmasters Part 1 and Toastmasters Part 2. 1987, when I was still a fifth grade teacher, a friend of mine said, I know that you're going to school to uh, get your principal certification. I belong to this thing called Toastmasters that I think might be beneficial to you. And so I went to a couple of meetings and I agreed that that positive supportive environment and getting that feedback and what I learned from 1987 to 1998 when I was a member of that particular club was the thing that Toastmasters did for me in my education career. It gave me confidence to become a more competent speaker and leader. And the place that it helped me the most in my career was in having to give evaluations to other speakers and listening and reading the evaluations to myself. It made me a much better evaluator when I became a principal and had to evaluate teachers as far as how to go about it in a positive manner, what things to pick out that were important and which things that weren't important. So when I became a principal, I was a little busy and so I didn't go to Toastmasters for 17 years when I was an administrator. And when I retired four years ago, I rejoined. I belong to three clubs right now. But my whole focus and purpose is different now. It's not about improving my skills as much as my wanting to be a mentor and a coach to people who are just starting their Toastmaster journey. That's an interesting angle that I wasn't really expecting. I feel like maybe people go for a personal reason, and but it seemed that you stayed to really help other people improve, which is really nice of you. So thank you for being that person in our community. Well, and that's a very common thing with Toastmasters. Dr. Smedley made the quote once, as most people join Toastmasters to improve their speaking skills and giving speeches, but after a while that is very fulfilling, but what becomes even more fulfilling is what you can give back to others. Of course. Well, now that we've talked a little bit more about 
Toastmasters as a whole, I kind of wanted to talk to you about being a Toastmaster because I've known you for a few years now. And over those years, I've heard some of the standout moments that you've had as a Toastmaster, such as awards and recognition. And this is a whole other area of Toastmasters that I wasn't aware of. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well, for those people who get to a point where they're feeling comfortable, confident, and somewhat competent, and they might have a tendency to be competitive type people, Toastmasters does have different types of speech contests. And I've been very fortunate and have participated in many contests over the years. And uh, there are different levels. The contests start at the club level, and then the winner of a club goes to an area where there's six clubs that you're competing against. And then if you win the area, you go to the division where there are approximately six areas within a division. And then if you're fortunate enough to win division, then you go to the district level, which is basically the state of Arizona, where you're competing against nine different people. And they have several different types of contest. Uh, The one that they have every year is the International Speech Contest. And that's going on right now, in fact, in two weeks. That is the one contest that goes all the way to a world champion. And so in two weeks in Denver, there'll be the International Speech Contest. And that's typically a motivational, inspirational type speech. And there's 10 regions across the world. And so each region is a semifinal from all the different districts across the world from the 143 countries. And then the winner of those 10 regions then competes for the World Championship of Public Speaking. And that particular contest happens every year. And then they have some other contests that focus on different types of speaking. There's the evaluation contest. Uh, This coming year, there'll be a Tall Tales contest. There's the Table Topics contest. And then there's a Humorous Speech contest. I've competed in all of them except for the Tall Tale contest and made it to the district level in evaluation and the table topics and the international and I was very fortunate and won the state championship twice in the evaluation and twice in the uh, table topics. So I've had a lot of good coaching and a lot of good support from the different members. Well, very cool. I'm glad to be sitting with a state champion two times. So very cool. And wow, who would have thought, I mean, tall tales types of speeches? So is that like urban legends or, I mean, I've just kind of, I've never heard of that. The tall tale can be any kind of exaggeration, hyperbole topic that you want. And they're really quite fascinating to listen to this incredible, the number of creative and humorous people around. And so that's what's so great about the different types of contests. That's a contest I'm not all that comfortable with because I don't think I'm that funny. Uh, but, but you just said that that was the only one. So you did the, the humorous speech. Is that 
I mean, the first thing that popped in my mind was almost like stand-up comedy. It's not like that, is well, it? Or actually, it can be. Oh, okay. It, it can be. In fact, that is, since they're not having the humor speech contest this year, one of the local clubs over in Chandler is having auditions right now, and they're going to host their own humor speech contest, and it's going to be at a comedy club. Okay, and wow. so it can be that. Well, I have a friend from college who's actually starting off and being a stunt stand-up comic, so I could see how being comfortable speaking in front of people obviously is a big part of the job. So, But that's what is so impressive about Toastmasters, as you can see. Those are very different types of speaking, from inspiration and motivation to tall tale and humorous to evaluation and then off the cuff with the table topics. Yeah. And so, depending upon each individual's comfort and strengths, there's a contest for everybody. It's really interesting to hear that it's not, you know, just I'm a, I'm knowledgeable about a certain topic and I'm just going to get up and speak. It's more a whole wide variety. So very interesting to hear. So another reason I wanted to have you on today's podcast was to talk about, and you have talked about this, but Toastmasters and how public speaking is something that can obviously benefit someone in the business world and whatnot. Uh, so I wanted to ask, what are the main things that honing in on your public speaking skills or just general communication skills can benefit someone in business or even a personal life? Sure. Whether it's your personal life or whether it's a business presentation or a business meeting to try to hopefully get business, we are all judged on those first impressions of how well we communicate how well we come across, how clear we can present our ideas and our thoughts and our hopes and our dreams. And so the fact that at every meeting that there is that opportunity to speak in a, several different types of communication, i.e. the impromptu speaking table topics, the presentations that for the prepared speeches or being a functionary where you're having to explain your role all of those different types of speaking opportunities are transferable to the real world and so what Toastmasters really is is a laboratory in a safe environment to practice those different types of speaking so that you can then use them in whatever field, profession, or personal arena that you're having to communicate on a daily basis. Yeah, so I'm sitting here as you're responding and just kind of thinking, you know, as a business owner, someone in town, it might not be a large seminar that they're speaking at or a convention. It might be just a small thing in our conference room here at the chamber speaking in front of five people or maybe it's just having a meeting one-on-one -on -one at a coffee shop and learning to not speak too fast like something I struggle with I, I seem to run my mouth super quick and people you know can you repeat that and I don't really realize it but so it's not just the big the big venue speaking it's you know kind of even like what we're doing now or meeting someone at a coffee shop or even thinking we have every fall our business expo where people have their business owners can have their table and people can connect to them and just kind of off the cuff tell them about their business. So 
it's interesting to hear that it can really help with all aspects of speaking. And just last week, we have a relatively new member who is trying to decide which of the 11 paths she should choose that will help her in her business. And she had it narrowed down to two different paths, effective coaching or presentation mastery. And so I was asking her, okay, so what do you do more of in your particular business? Do you make big presentations or do you talk to people? And she said, well, mostly I coach people in one-on-one or small groups. And I said, well, it sounds like the effect of coaching. And so then when you decide what type of communication is going to help you with your goals, that path has the different speech objectives and speech projects to help you keep practicing. So if you're going to be doing a lot of coaching, then your speeches and different projects help you become a better coach. If you're making a lot of presentations, then your speeches and your projects are going to be more geared to how do I make presentations. So that's why it's so transferable and why the new Pathways education system is relevant no matter who you are and what your goals are. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I work for a business organization that works with small businesses or businesses of all sizes. So I'm always excited to hear how our members can kind of find something that benefits them and helps to improve maybe their their speaking skills, which can really influence other parts of their business. Like you want to seem like a credible person in your field. And if maybe you're stumbling over your words or are mumbling, that's not how you're going to come across to your customers. So wow, I'm really interested to hear more about maybe getting our members involved in Toastmasters. So I guess moving on, I wanted to ask just in general, what is your favorite thing about being a Toastmaster? My favorite thing about Toastmasters is the people. Everybody who comes is coming for the same reason. They're all coming to try to improve. And because of the focus on Toastmasters being helping each other, Dr. Smedley again had a quote that Toastmasters is the one organization that just focuses on the individual and improving. And then once you learn those skills, helping other people improve. And the people, regardless of which club I go to, I belong to three clubs and I just finished as an area director, which meant I had five different clubs that I had to visit and give them feedback and assistance. And it didn't make any difference which of the clubs I've ever visited. It was the same thing. The positive people, the supportive, caring environment. So that's the primary thing that I like the best. But the other thing that I really enjoy is every single week I learn something from other people, uh, whether it's through their speech or listening to their evaluation. So it's a constant learning process, which is important for all of us. Yeah, yeah, people always need to be learning and growing, so it seems like that's the organization that can really help. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you just want to tell our listeners, maybe something that we didn't get a chance to touch on? Well, most important thing is, Come to Fountain Hills Toastmasters meeting and check it out for yourself. We meet every Wednesday 
We like guests to be here at 615, and here is the Chamber of Commerce building. We're very, very fortunate and thankful that we've worked that partnership with the Chamber of Commerce, and we meet in the conference room on the second floor. And so it's no cost to come visit. Come check it out. There are a lot of different clubs that fit the needs of different people. Our club is special in that it's a smaller club. We average between 12 to 20 members, and so you have lots of opportunities to speak. We have engineers, we have real estate people, we have small business owners, we have a couple of other retirees beside myself. Uh, we have some younger people in their late 20s, 30s, up to some of us more mature people. And so we would love to have more members and have people come and visit and check it out. All right, well, Fountain Hills, there you have it from one of the greatest Toastmasters around. Tom, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. It's truly appreciated. Well, thank you for having me, Paige. We're excited to be having you come visit us as well <laughs> as some of the other people in the community. And that is a wrap on another episode of FountainCast. I loved learning from Tom and hearing more about what he has to say regarding effective communication. And who knows, I might be showing up to an upcoming Toastmaster meeting. Now, don't forget, new episodes of FountainCast are available every other Friday, so you can listen to our next episode on August 23rd. If you like listening to FountainCast, make sure to tell everyone in town that you know about our show and to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. If you would like to submit a topic for an upcoming episode of FountainCast, please email me all of the information to page, P-A-I-G-E, at fountainhillschamber.com. Thank you once again for listening. I'm your host, Paige Lawrenson, and until next time. <music>